Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Believe in Sparks. I am Sydney Weiss, along with Stacey Pates, and we're going to do things a little bit different for this episode. Stacey has it. given me, I know, I'm super excited. Stacey has given me the opportunity here to be the host. And so I'm going to see what it's like to be in her shoes and ask some barn burner questions here. And um, Stacy's just going to have some fun answering them. Stacy, first of all, <laughs> happy Thanksgiving. How are oh, you? Welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving, sis. It, oh, man. I love this time of year, man. It's just, I feel like I always operate in gratitude, but this past year, I would say even the past six months, I've really been hyper-focused on gratitude and not taking anything for granted, even the small things. You know, if I, um, you know, just hearing, even if, if, if I hear an annoying horn of a car honking, I'm like, you know what? Thank you, Lord, that I can hear that sound. Um, so just operating in just extreme gratitude and being super thankful. And that was something I shared um, with uh, my family that I was with last night at dinner, just being thankful, not worrying about what you don't have, what you wish you had, what you messed up in the past. Just be grateful for what you have. So all that to say, happy Thanksgiving to you too. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I agree. It's so, it's so cool. Um, it's sort of cliche when you see all these uh, social media posts about what people are thankful for, because like you said, you should live in that mindset and that stance of gratitude. But I think Thanksgiving is a great time for everybody to, if you aren't centered in that mindset of gratitude, to take a step back and focus on all of the blessings that we are given uh, that are surrounding us. And so it's cool that not only with Thanksgiving, but the holiday season that you have that opportunity to stop for a second. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Reflect. Thanksgiving was last night, but every day is an opportunity to be thankful and to, uh, remind ourselves all the things that we've been given. And so I want to take a moment to focus on that before we get into business. And, um, uh, I just wanted to start with what are three things that you are grateful for? Mm. I'm grateful for the lessons. That's a big one for me. Um, Snaps. That's poetry. Right. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm going to post that. That was a good word. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. But, you know, I think through lessons and adversity, you know, it, it, it does make us stronger for sure. But I think um, I've had some times of darkness where I thought, man, like I – when I shower tonight, I hope I go down the drain. Like it's been that deep at, mm -hmm. at moments mm -hmm. in my life and, you know, and all the praying and all the reaching out to people for um, the love that I need and get from them. It helps, but until you get yourself up and out of it and work through, I'm a big processor. So if things are, are not going the way I want them to, or, or if I go through something challenging, I really process and allow myself to feel every emotion. Um, so sometimes it takes me a little bit longer to get through something, but those lessons, when I, when I take inventory of those lessons, everything was a specific setup for my next step in life. And I'm so grateful for that. So that's one thing are the lessons. I'm grateful for people um, within my support system that really show up for me. Um, mm -hmm. The good, the bad, the ugly, it doesn't matter if I call one of my girlfriends or my brother and say, yo, I need to just vent, and they let me go. And um, Beautiful. Right, and, the, and that really helps me. So my support system, um, and I've got so many 
friends that are truly family. You're one of those people. I mean, when I call you my sister, I don't say that just to be cute. Like you are family. So whatever you need, I've got you. And thank you so much. Yeah, my gosh, absolutely. And that's, that's another thing I'm thankful for. I'm so thankful um, for that heritage of people that are truly family to me and that I've been allowed and privileged and honored to be welcomed into their lives and to meet people in their circle and just to commune together because this world is not an easy place to function when um, you live by a certain moral code and you genuinely want to do things right, even though you mess it up all the time, but just having that um, like-minded group of people. So that's a big thing for me. So just to button it up, lessons, support, and just that heritage of my community. Those are three major things. What about you? That's beautiful. First of all, Mm. I feel like you covered so many things that, like you said, this life is not easy. Um, So when you are surrounded by um, good people that have nothing but love for you, Mm -hmm. and sometimes love means truth, hard truth that you have to hear, and uh, tough love, which is super important. I Mm -hmm. think that makes a huge difference. And when you have that perspective to appreciate the lessons that come with this life, it makes life um, worth it in a different way. Um, it makes all those tougher times you you understand like, yeah, it's going to be, this is with purpose. Mm-hmm. This is with intent. So that's amazing. And I, I, I view you as family too. I view you as a big sister and my brother's getting married in February. And so I'm getting, one big sister and now I have another big sister. Uh, so I feel yes. like I just have a family everywhere. It's so cool. And yes. I don't, I'm one of those people too, that when I tell my, my friends, you know, you're my best friend, I don't say it just to say it. I really, I don't mince words. Mm-hmm. It's not just throwing it out there like, Oh, BFF, love mm-hmm. that or sis yep. or whatever. Like, no, this is real. So it is real. It back is real. At you, mm. Back at you for Thank sure. You. Thank you. Um, for me, I think, I'm grateful for where I am. Um, you know, the holiday season, sometimes when you're away from family, it can be a little difficult. Um, but I think being away has made me appreciate who's in my corner um, and not necessarily in proximity. I know that if I'm away from people um, physically, I know that they are still in my heart and I carry with carry them with me. And I think about, I think about them even more on the holidays. And so I was able to FaceTime my family last night and it was really cool to see all, all of them together and to, to be there in a different way. And so, um, I say all that to say, I'm grateful for where I get to be right now, even though it's away from uh, a lot of people that I love, I am surrounded by, um, more people that I get to know. And then I get to, um, play basketball with, work with, get to know as human beings, which is so cool. And I get to experience Europe um, and Spain. And uh, so it's really cool to have the the privilege of being right here. Um, the second thing that I am grateful for, um, I think it just continues on with the theme of people. Um, each season of life brings new people. Um, and I I love who I get to work with in Spain for this season. And They've brought so many laughs and lessons and uh, little details and moments that I will look back on and uh, when I'm older and it'll, the basketball and all those things, yeah, it is what it is, but you think of those moments that are away from the court. And so I'm, I live with really awesome people and I get to um, 
be around great people every day. Um, and I think the third thing that I'm grateful for is um, planes. I'm going to say planes right now <laughs> because we just got done with the crazy travel schedule and we had like a 10 hour bus ride last week and the we turned around, played, and then right after the game, we had another 10 hour bus ride back. And so then we played in Hungary this week um, and we were able to go on planes. And it was so great <laughs> to be on a plane <laughs> for a couple hours. You cover so much ground and then you're there. And so I'm grateful for airplanes. <laughs> the holiday season, it's important to take a step back and to um, talk about stuff like that. One of my tr family traditions that I love, and sometimes, you know, we make fun of it as a family, but I think it's so important. Before we eat dinner, we go around the table and we say one thing that we're thankful for. And um, there's been tears. Oh my gosh, I'll never forget one year my grandpa cried and he does not cry. And that like, that said, everybody, <laughs> there was emotions flying everywhere, <sighs> but it was awesome. That's what it's about. So that is what it's about. That is what it's about. And when, when a pillar of the family gets emotional, yeah, it's a wrap. I'm done. Ooh, yeah. I get emotional just thinking about it. Wow. Anyways, we're going to shift gears here. <laughs> Let's do it. We're going to shift gears and um, still the holiday season. Christmas is coming up already less than a month away. And then the new year is among us, 2020. Hey-o. Um, but <laughs> as the end of 2019 is approaching, um, the WNBA CBA discussions and um, negotiations are also coming to a close. And so for those who are not aware, um, last year, our president of the WNBA Players Union, NECA, who also plays for the Sparks, represent, she decided yep. um, on behalf of the players and the Players Association and representing all of us as players to opt out of the current collective bargaining agreement, which has started a whole year and then some change of uh, discussions, negotiations, trying to get on the same page of how to uh, be better. Um, and not only for us as players, but for the fans, for the supporters, um, for everyone who wants this business model and this league to grow and thrive. And so I thought that we could talk a little bit about um, different things as that time approaches, uh, because I know that it's been a lot of work. There's been a lot of meetings. There's been a lot of effort that's been put into this um, to to make it better for everyone. And so Stacy, I'm not sure how much you are aware of the CBA negotiations, all that stuff. Um, and I'm sure a lot of uh, people who support the league, who are fans, who are on the outside of it, don't really know the ins and outs of it. But I'm curious as a supporter, um, what have you appreciated about the WNBA up to this point? What positive qualities have you experienced, whether it's watching the games on TV or being in the arenas to actually witness the games, uh, interacting with the players, coaches, you name it. Mm -hmm. So many good things because I, I know I've shared this, this with you before. When I, when I watch the league now, it brings me so much joy when I see um, so many players that I covered when they were in high school, like Sue Bird, um, Elena Deladon, uh, Diana Taurasi. It's endless, the amount of names of, of 
the athletes that I worked with when they were just in high school, when I was with ESPN. And then some of my best friends came out of that league, like Natalie Williams and Tamika Catchings and Kara Walters. There's just, I just love it. There's so many, uh, going back to people, going back to family, these are all people that I care very much for. And it brings me great joy to watch everyone succeed and have um, such beautiful lives and families and that just that is the first and foremost thing for me is to watch everyone succeed and doing what they love. Also watching the game, I have to reel myself back in because I get super fired up um, when I think about the inequality that uh, the W experiences in compared to other sports and just women's sports in general. It feels like the W has been around for so long, but in the context of history, it's still a young league. And when I see how much the league has grown, the quality of play has grown exponentially. I remember Rebecca Lobo, I heard her speaking and, and she was telling a group of people how much the league changed from when she competed to what you're experiencing today, Sydney. And it's true, like with, with the television exposure and other, uh, just the quality of the game simply has just changed and grown exponentially. But what I'm not seeing is the growth that I know that you all deserve. There needs to be more television coverage. You guys need to be even more in the limelight because not only are you world-class athletes, you're world-class people. So those are among the things, and I know that's part of the CBA conversation. And um, going back to when you were talking about the president of uh, the WNBA, the, the Players Association, um, your teammate, Neka Agumake, what a brilliant person to be leading the charge in this. And I feel, I feel like anyone on the outside looking in that's thinking, okay, these women just want more money. No, it's not about the money. I mean, yeah, that would be great. It would, it would eliminate folks like yourself having to play overseas to make more money to get through the year because uh, you deserve that kind of income. But even greater than that, we talk about travel. You guys don't have the travel luxuries that NBA players have. I understand the WNBA cannot afford to have charter planes like the NBA. And I traveled with the NBA for seven seasons. We were on a charter. We had food all the time. The players had ample leg room. I mean, for people that... The leg room is so important. I know. I mean, think about it. Brittany Griner is every bit of six foot nine, and she has to sit cramped mm -hmm. in a seat that's not an exit row and be expected to compete against the world's best. And she, it, there's a problem here. And that's why, again, it's mm -hmm. not just about the money. It's about player safety, improved travel conditions. What about players who are moms? Candace Parker, another of your teammates, she's a mama. Sorry, I got into the stuff that needs to be changed, but the, going back, the good things are the game itself has grown. The players, obviously, mm -hmm. every single year get better and get more exciting to watch. Um, you don't just have fans that are young girls anymore. You have fans that are teenage boys, grown men that are like, hey, I truly appreciate what you guys do. You are so talented, bringing families to, our, to your games. NBA players bring families to the games because they're, it's in the summertime. So there's a lot of good things that are happening. Well, I'm honestly glad that you mixed in because I was going to ask too. See, you're ahead of the game. You know what you're doing here. Ah. <laughs> I was going to ask next about the improvements that, that we could make. And so I agree with, with everything. I mean, I, I watched when I was a kid too, growing up in Phoenix, I would watch the Mercury and Cappy Pondexter, Diana Tarazi, um, Candace Dupree, they were all on the team together, won a couple of championships. And I, I remember, you know, being on the outside thinking, man, this is amazing. 
this is look at these women look at how good they are and now that I'm very fortunate because it's rare to be on the inside of it there are like you you hit on all those improvement areas that when you're a kid you don't recognize but these athletes um you know for years I mean since the beginning and like you said it's a young league um and so when you look at the the growth uh, with the amount of time that it has been um a, a league uh it's amazing it's amazing how much has improved um and even the perspective of society and culture and how um I, I've noticed it I don't know if it's because I've just entered into it a few years ago but I've noticed how the support has become a lot more genuine from um NBA players other athletes um and not just for the WNBA but I think for women's sports in general I mean you look at the women's soccer the national team uh what they did this summer and how you couldn't help but get on board because success doesn't lie you can't you can't ignore success and so um I think for so long um you know we've had such great players and they've continued to only be amazing athletes players win championships do incredible things as a team and individually but they become more and more vocal about um what we deserve as mm -hmm. people and as people just trying to do our job at the at the best of our abilities and so um yeah i think everything that you said is spot on and it's it's going to be really cool to see how I feel like it's just like metaphorically since it's around Christmas time, you know, it's like they're preparing this like magical gift and they're just trying mm. to wrap it all together and put the bow on top mm. and then we can all open it and enjoy as a society, which is mm -hmm. so exciting. Um, and so it's, it's funny that you brought up the support coming from not only little girls, uh, but from across the board, uh, little boys, teenagers, um, grown women, grown men everywhere. And so I, I thought it would be interesting um, to put ourselves, to put yourself in a little kid's shoes. And I, I want you to compare what their perspective is of the NBA to that of the WNBA. TV, internet, it's prominent. Everyone knows who LeBron James is. Everyone knows Kevin Durant. Everyone knows, I mean, we can say uh, pretty much any NBA player, they don't even have to be the highest paid because they're so highly publicized. And you can't drive through LA without seeing um, uh, just Paul George and Lou Williams. Like they're on every billboard you could imagine. Um, the WNBA doesn't have that luxury. And why? But why? That's, that's the bigger question, and that's one of the things that caused uh, the Players Association to say, you know what, we need to take a, a deeper look at this, because if you're saying we're not profitable, why? And what are we doing to be marketed better? And, and that's, a big, that's a big piece of it. So the difference for me is, and if I'm a little girl looking at the big picture, I might not know all of the Sparks names because they're just not presented to me. If I get to go to a game and I get to watch you all play and see your faces and, and put your names to your jersey numbers, you know, that's one way, but it's very unlike the, the NBA because they're on the news, they're on the TV, they're in your face, they're part of conversation every single day. Everywhere. Right, everywhere. 
So that's, that's one to me as, as someone very ill-advised to, to know all the ins and outs. But to me, it seems like not that difficult of a change to make to put the W in a brighter light, not just, not just as the female counterpart to the NBA. And that's, that's another angle that I have. I, I have a lot of respect for Chris Paul, who's the president of the Players Association for the NBA. And I know that NECA um, went to him specifically for advice. And I thought that was wisdom as well. Um, because a lot of people forget that when you look back several years ago now, I mean, the, the NBA went to a lockout because they decided that they needed um, more of the BRI, uh, the money that's that's brought in by, by the league as a whole. So it's estimated that um, players are paid between I think somewhere 20 to 25%, this is WNBA, 20 to 25% of all basketball related income. That's the BRI that I referred to compared to 50, compared to 50% that the NBA players earn. So as a consequence, the, the greatest female basketball players in the world have to earn more money as we talked about earlier and you're experiencing right now by playing overseas. The NBA players don't have to worry about any of that. And when Chris Paul went through this, um, he's got all of the knowledge and the insight and he told NECA specifically because one of, I know one of the biggest things right now is there's so much that's un, not understood that you don't know. And Chris Paul told NECA, it's okay if you don't know, like just continue to dialogue and figure it out and take the steps necessary to uh, get answers to the questions that you have. To me, it seems like it would be a fairly easy change to make. I don't want to say fix because if we could fix it, we would snap our fingers and fix it immediately. I think it would be an easier change to make when you implement more options for WNBA players to be in the limelight, to be on commercials, to be on billboards, to be in the public, to get the marketing that they deserve, not just because you should have it, you've earned it. You have straight up earned it. And it's an Olympic year. So this is a perfect time that women's professional sports is even thrust higher onto the scales because, again, it's earned. It's deserved. This is not a complaint of why don't we make LeBron money. Yeah. This is not about LeBron money. This is about fair and equal pay. This is about fair and equal opportunity. And I feel like the marketing piece that would be my biggest question. That would be my biggest question is who's marketing us? What are you doing? I would love to know um, exactly what steps are being taken to help us get into the place that we want to be because it's all rooted in the mm -hmm. financial realities. And the reality is the WNBA money looks very different from NBA money and it'll always be like that. You're not looking for money. You're just trying to be paid as much um, in basketball related income. And for that, you need the opportunity to share in the profit and to share in the profit, it needs to be marketed better. So that, that is what needs to happen first and foremost is the, is the marketing. It can, and it can be done. Well, it sounds to me like you should be in the CBA, um, discussions as well. So maybe I can get you a seat at the table so we can have another voice. I would love it. They'd have to reel me in though. Cause I'm so, I'm so passionate. <laughs> oh, there's, you don't have to get real then. I think it's important to be passionate and to, to ask for what is earned. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because the question is, how are you going to market us? How are you going to get us more exposure? And how will you make us more profitable? If, if that's the question, if that's the problem, because the product on the court is good. Well, and I know one of the things, and you touched on it, is what's so difficult um, is that we are in the States for half the year. And then all of a sudden we're rushed off to whatever country we're playing in or whatever soft season. And so it's like you turn on this light on the WNBA and you gain momentum, you gain a following, you gain more and more awareness of what's going on. And then it seems like once the season is done, it's forgotten. There's no discussion because most of us are still playing just in a different country. And so it's tough because you gain all this momentum and then you just leave. And there's no, there's not enough bodies that are still present and seen. And I feel like our, the, what we want to be is seen and we're not able to do those marketing campaigns uh, because we're gone. We're not, we're not even available to do that unless it's something like this, which is awesome. You know, having a podcast, you can still be heard. You can still remind people, you know, Hey, we're out here. Um, but how, how much of an impact do you think it would have if we were able to, um, you know, finish up our season, but still stay stick around and be seen at these NBA games or be seen uh, doing sports talk shows or talking about the league, this, that, the other, how much do you think that would help the, the marketing component and also the momentum of the league um, during the off seasons. It would help greatly because I mean, you, you painted the picture perfectly in terms of, yeah, the, the season has a light on it and then the season is over and the cameras go off and you guys have to play overseas and we'll talk, we'll see you again in the summer. And I, I agree with that. And it's, it's a sad truth. I don't like it. And yeah, I think if you were afforded quite literally more opportunity in the States to not have to go play overseas. Not that you don't appreciate it, not that you don't love it, not that it's not a blessing, but if you had the option financially um, and within the realm of, of more marketing opportunities to stay in the States, I think it would be wonderful for the league. I think it would help tremendously in all areas to keep, uh, keep your faces out there, keep your voices heard, keep your, um, I mean, gosh, yes. Well, and I look at it too, when you think of business, it's like an investment, you know, where we are on the upswing here. I really do believe that in my, I'm so grateful because I feel like I'm part of the league at such a monumental time where it's shifting and it's becoming, um, it's becoming what kids dream about and that's how it should be. And I look at, you know, money wise, financially, if you were to, like you said, pump some money into, um, this product that could give an amazing boost to where we're trying to get to. It is an investment. And I know that these guys believe in the W and that's, that's the piece of it too. They do believe in it. And for those who have daughters, why wouldn't you want to, why wouldn't you want to pour into that? Because the league's only getting better. We've seen proof of that. I wanted to go back to um, uh, playing overseas. Like that's something else that people take for granted. Like sometimes leagues, occasionally clash because European competitions might still be going on at the start of the WNBA season. So that means players have to take a year long workload. Are you kidding me? They, I mean, it, that is a take, that's not even adding travel. That's not even adding lack of sleep that 
what come on now I can barely run two miles I'm like I'm done for the day and (laughs) (laughs) so the fact that the fact that they would have to have to do that you know if you're playing overseas and um the the seasons clash that's another issue for it and you know and I think a lot of people also just assume whether you're overseas playing or you stay in the states you can still work out you still have you know you can go to Staples Center and shoot around whenever you want. No, I wish it was like that. You guys have to work hard even to find places to stay in shape. And that there's a lack of facilities. Um, unfortunately, the gym can't just be opened whenever you need it. Practice courts aren't available all the time. Um, sometimes you got, well, and you know this full well, WNBA teams have to share courts with college teams. It's one thing that I've noticed. It's crazy the lack of resources that we have. Like, it's, it's almost, you almost feel like you need to go overseas because you're afraid you're not going to have the resources to improve in the off season. Yeah. And you're world-class athletes. You have to stay in world-class shape Mm -hmm. and you can't simulate competition speed. You have to be in competition speed. So playing overseas, you know, definitely has its benefits in that area. You can, you know, stay in shape, but it it, that should be a choice, not a necessity. Yeah. Agreed. And when you look at, you know, the shift that we're trying to make as a league, what's more important right now, being present and being seen for, um, you know, to market ourselves, to market our league, to grow it. And like you said, too, the Olympic year coming up, I think it was a brilliant idea by USA Basketball to go on that college tour uh, mm-hmm. because it, it makes it makes us real. I think mm-hmm. a lot of times, like even when I was going into the league, I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm playing against these people that I've seen on TV, but you've never actually had the chance to like, like you could touch them. Like I, I talked to a couple of people from Oregon State because uh, Oregon State was chosen to play the USA team. And it, I know that it was surreal because you look at these people and it's surreal because mm-hmm. you see them all the time and you hear about them, but to actually be in the same spot as them And then to be in these, uh, I mean, Eugene, Oregon, Corvallis, Oregon, you go to Stanford, you go to Texas A&M, all those fans that get to see them in the flesh, that makes such a huge difference. I thought that was so brilliant of USA Basketball to do. Mm -hmm. Agreed. For the same reason to market. And it's, I'm excited. I think, I know that I'm sure NECA and the Players Union, uh, who ha- are directly hands-on involved in these negotiations and even the WNBA uh, business side of it too, I'm sure everyone is excited um, to get on the same page and to do to make these shifts um, in order to make our league even better. And the improvements that we touched on, uh, the things that are great that can even become even better um, you know, there's always going to be room for improvement. Even those powerful leagues like the NFL and the NBA, they're all constantly fighting for the best too. And so we're we're also in that scene. And um, I I know that going into a new decade here, the the 20s, which is wild to think about. I can't I can't wait to see how it continues to grow. And I I keep tabs on um, college still. I keep tabs on high school and the talent is continuing to improve and the IQs and the playmaking ability, the athleticism. I mean, it's, it has, this league has such a bright future. And I think that what's going on right now 
and NECA has even talked to us a little bit about it. It might not affect us, but it's going to affect them. And that's really what it's about. Mm -hmm. Yep. And yeah, yeah, there's so many, so many good things can come out of this and I'm excited about it as well. You know what? The future is female. We need to say that right now. It's the, it's female right now, (laughs) not the future right now is female. It is. Man, well, Stacy, it has been, you've taught me a lot um, with your responses. You're, I mean, you know, you know this stuff. And so to hear your perspective and, um, you know, to, to hear the passion and the ideas, I think it's so important to, um, to touch on all these different things. And I know I'm not directly involved with these negotiations, so I don't really know the ins and outs, but I trust the hands um, that are taking care of it. And I know that, um, at the end of the day, we're going to, there's going to be, a an amazing shift and whether it takes place in the next few years or within the next 10 years, sooner or later, there's going to be, there's going to be a lot of changes that is going to be amazing for what's to come for all of us. So thank you so much for answering my, uh, my amateur questions <laughs> and for, <laughs> Uh, making this show what it is you have a great job and so I I was an honor to try and copy what you do but I don't know if you you're you own it you own it it's yours oh you nailed it no no you nailed it you were so good I, I would not have ever attached the word amateur to your questions I thought they were wonderful and thoughtful and yeah, thanks for dealing with my passion because sometimes I get, <laughs> I can get loud. <laughs> oh, I love it. Love it. It's it, important. It's it so is, important. It is, definitely. Stacy, do you want to take us home here? Oh, I would love to. Sydney Weiss, you are a treasure. It has been so fun being on the other side of this, but it also made me realize that I'd rather ask the questions than answer the questions because <laughs> I, I find myself going off on a lot of tangents. But thank you for your grace and your patience and Um, your brilliance both on and off the floor. Thank you for being family to me. Thank you for being a role model to everyone uh, from little girl to grown man who watches you on the floor, who hears you speak. You represent the Sparks well, and it has been, uh, this is great. I miss you so much. Can't wait to have you back in LA on the regular, but we'll keep this dialogue going. And I'm hoping for big things in 2020 for you and for the WNBA. So thank you so much, everyone, for listening to this edition of Believe in Sparks. For Sydney Weiss, I'm Stacy Pates. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on your favorite directories, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us also at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. Follow Sydney at SweetsBaby24, and I'm at Stacy Pates. We are both on Instagram and Twitter as well. And if you're interested in advertising on our show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. Let's talk about it. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.